our confession today before Pastor Pam comes because she has to unhook herself. So let's say it together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. Because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Give him praise this morning. He lives in each one of us. You can be seated. Hallelujah. As you noticed, our guitar players, uh, both of them had engagements this weekend. Romir, who is uh, from India, is a student at Purdue, and he had a retreat <clears throat> with a, a actually a Bible study group that he's in over there, and they went on a retreat for the weekend. I said, where are you going? He goes, I don't know. Somebody said 20 miles away. Uh, he knows our country about like I would know India if I went there. And so all I know is he'll be back tonight. And then John had opportunity to lead worship in a church down in, I think, around Anderson where he was in college. And so he was really excited he was going to be leading worship down there this morning with a, a young group, a pastor was going on spring break. So uh, always hate to not have them over here playing for us, but I'm glad they're doing things for the kingdom of God and growing in what God's got them for. Amen. Uh, today we're going to finish this series on a beautiful story. And when I first received this word, um, this song had come in worship and I would sing it. And I thought so many times in people's lives, um, I think in my life, I know this happened, but we can be going along pretty good. And then suddenly, you know, we just feel like we're in the middle. How many of you are in the middle <laughs> today? Maybe, you know, you start, the start is exciting. The finish is really great. But in the middle, sometimes it's difficult to keep believing that God has promised something that we yet cannot see with our eyes. You know, some of you may be here today and and now uh, you've re received a report in your physical body that isn't the report you would want. And you're in between uh, the start and the finish of that. And you're having to stand even though all the things around you don't look like that. We're praying for uh, Sheila right now. And we've had to fight a battle before in that arena. And the important thing is that we look at the end and not the middle. Because the middle always is the time of testing. It's a time when we have to keep speaking our faith and speaking the word of God, believing that God's promises are yes and amen. And today, because we're talking about covenant, I've entitled this one, The Yes Connection. Everybody say, The Yes Connection. You know, when we connected with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the connection that was made there is called covenant. And we've talked about that the last two weeks. We talked about the heaven connection when we receive Christ, that we automatically, by the Spirit, something we can't understand, but the Word of God says when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he becomes your Savior. And the Holy Spirit of God is in our hearts at that moment to bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. How many of you know today that you're a child of God? This doesn't mean you do everything right, but you know you've said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and the Word of God says you belong to God. Right that moment, you are a child of God. And so we talked about the heaven connection. That's a covenant. And then when we talked last week, we talked about the blessing covenant, and that the covenant God made with Abraham, who is the father of all of us, Father Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, is a blessing covenant. Everybody say, a covenant of blessing. 
Now, you know, when Moses and God had a covenant together, a covenant for all the people of Israel, that's when the law was added to the covenant. That's when all the do's and the don'ts, and uh, wish I could, but I can't, all that came into existence. But through Jesus, everybody say, through Jesus. Now everything is yes and amen. Everybody say yes and amen. We are back to the blessing side of the covenant. Now, is the curse still active in the earth? Yes. For those who don't know Jesus, just like Aaron shared this morning, they may have a lot of wealth, but they don't have the power and wealth of the kingdom of heaven. They don't have Christ. And so this is about eternity. Everybody say eternity. But God made it for the earth that we live in as well. He says, I own the earth and the fullness thereof, but you are in this earth with a divine purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am. <laughs> you know, that's where a lot of people are. I am. Today, we're going to talk about that. And I'd like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Uh, we're going to read that. First, we're going to read it in the... Um, the King James, if you could put that up for me. And then we're going to read it again in the Message Bible. It said, but as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. This is Paul speaking. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Everybody say, in Jesus, the word is yes. Okay, let's go on. For all the promises of God in Jesus are yes and in Jesus, amen. That means so be it, it's completed. To the glory of God through us. And the very first time I shared, I, it was from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where it says that we're a living epistle. That means that your life is a letter, like a letter written that reveals who Christ is all the days of your life that you're in Christ, it's a letter being written. And sometimes that letter's taken a long time to write. But the finish is when you go to heaven. So we're not ready to go there quite yet, are we? So we're in process. Everybody say, I'm in process. And the letter's still being written about you as a living epistle. But the difference between you and the world is the glory of God is in you. So just like when Moses had to cover his face because he is, his face shone so much because of the presence of God, you now have the presence of God in you, and so the glory of God is showing through you all the time. That's why a smile is better than a frown. God doesn't frown. I, I don't think he frowns up there. I don't think that Jesus is frowning because it says he's ever living to make intercession for you. So God is for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Therefore, we can allow the glory of God to shine through us, no matter what our circumstance or situation, because all God's promises are yes and amen. The promises in this word right here, and as God speaks to you by the Holy Spirit, those promises God will fulfill because of the blood of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that. But first, let's look at that in the Message Bible. In verse 20, are you now going to accuse me of being flipped with my promises because it didn't work out? Do you think I talk out both sides of my mouth? Paul has told them something. It didn't turn out exactly like they thought. A glib yes one moment, a glib no the next. Well, you're wrong. I try to be as true to my word as God is to his. How many of you know as humans, sometimes we mess it up? Our word to you wasn't a careless yes canceled by 
and indifferent know, how could it be? When Silas and Timothy and I proclaimed the Son of God among you, did you pick up on any yes and no, on again, off again, waffling? Wasn't it a clean, strong yes? Whatever God has promised, everybody say, whatever God has promised, gets stamped with yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen, God yes, and our yes together. Everybody say, God's yes and my yes become gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. Everybody say, I'm stamped. <laughs> You're stamped, ready to be delivered to the world. Amen? With a big yes. With a big yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge. Amen? Now, if you understand covenant in Hebrews chapter 8, we're going to read this. God made a covenant. We've talked about the old covenant a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. I want to read to you the new covenant. That's, that's the Bible where it starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, tells about Jesus, and then all the epistles, a lot of them written by Paul. And we're going to look today at uh, Hebrews, and we're going to look at chapter 8, because God made a decision that the covenant that he had in, in the old covenant, the people could not keep because they were trying to keep it in the flesh. How many of you have tried to do everything right in the flesh only to mess up and do wrong? Hallelujah. Well, you have a covenant now that has power. Everybody say power in it to enable you to live the way God wants you to live. Now, we don't always connect with that power. We don't always let that power flow through us, but we have it. Everybody say, I have it. I have it. And this is what it says in uh, chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no occasion would have been sought for a second. For finding fault with them, God says, this is God says. Everybody say, God says. Surely the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I rejected them, says the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts into their minds, write, put them in their minds, write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall every man teach his neighbor or every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward, the unright toward their unrighteousness. <laughs> Everybody say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for mercy. That means when we don't do right and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. In speaking the new covenant, he has made the first one old. He didn't take it away. He just, that's the old covenant. I always relate this to my mother. Uh, when I was growing up, she had this thing called a mangle. And it mangled everything. It was a fancy iron type thing that ro had rollers and you put the clothes on it, and then you did this with your leg to make it work. I didn't get to do it very often because I mangled everything. But she would iron sheets and everything with this mangle. Today, we just have an iron. Everybody say, thank God. Now, the old is gone. 
But it, it's not that it didn't exist. It existed. The old covenant still exists. The blessing of Abraham in Galatians chapter 3 says it belongs to the people of the new covenant. Everybody say, that's me. The curse Jesus took on the cross, which we're going to celebrate in a few weeks. And when that curse was taken, the blessing was released through this covenant. Everybody say, this covenant. And it goes on in chapter 9 and 10. If I had a lot of time, I'd explain this all to you, but I don't. But in chapter 9, it talks about how the old covenant was patterned after heaven. The, but there was a, a necessity of blood for the covenant. And the blood became bulls, goats, animals. Now, we don't have that altar up here this morning. We're not slaughtering things. You didn't all have to bring uh, a sheep without a blemish. You, you know, none of you, did you, any of you have, bring that? Is it outside? No. So because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it says that God in this covenant finished the work. Everybody say finish the work through Jesus Christ. And in chapter 10, it says Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the father. He sat down because it's finished. His blood sacrifice made this covenant work for you and me. That's why when Easter comes for us every day, should be a celebration of the blessing of what happened at Calvary for each one of us. Amen. Because this covenant says everything then in this book is a promise and all of the promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Amen. So when, once we know Jesus, that's where we live. Now, I want to show you something. It says in, and this is just, you'll understand this a little bit later, but in Romans chapter 8, could you put that scripture up for me so I don't have to look it up right now? Or chapter 2, it says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is of the flesh. Why is he talking about circumcision? Because the old covenant, the blood that had to be shed by every male for the covenant to work was circumcision. In this covenant, the circumcision, it says, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. When you receive Christ, Holy Spirit came into your life. And in your heart, you were changed. That's why your heart and your mind are connected to the Spirit of God now. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can hear God. Everybody say, I can hear God. Anybody who tells you you can't hear the voice of God does not know the truth of the Word of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And so this circumcision is of the Spirit, not in the letter whose praise is not from men, but from God. Everybody say this. The only praise I need comes from my Father. Amen? When we're looking for the praises of men, we fail to live the covenant of God. Because the covenant of God does not work on what anybody else thinks of you. It operates on what God thinks about you and you think about you. When your yes agrees with his yes, then it's yes and amen. Amen? As long as we are in doubt and unbelief, and that's why this covenant is so important for people to understand. God is never going to break this covenant with you. People walk away from God, but God does not walk away from people. 
And so in this work, in John 19, and I just saw this as I was preparing this message, in John 19, um, 28 through 30, and I don't know if it's just in this translation I have, because mine's a little different, but I want to read it to you, because, um, you know, we all know Jesus said on the cross, right before he, he went to heaven and released his spirit, he said, it is finished. Everybody say, it is finished. And when he said that, um, there was a purpose to that. Um, and I want to read it. it. said, when Jesus, um, after this, in verse 28, Jesus, knowing that everything was now accomplished. Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. What was he talking about? He was on the cross. He was bleeding. He was dying. But before he stopped breathing, he said, I know all things are now accomplished. What was he saying? What happened in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve walked away, in verse 15, God said, he will bruise the head of the serpent. The serpent will bruise his heel, but he will bruise his head. What was declared in Genesis 3.15, right here, Jesus is saying, all things now are accomplished. I am that I am. And I am the one whose blood will secure this covenant. And then he goes on that the scripture might be fulfilled. And then he said, I thirst. A, bo a bowl of sour wine was placed there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on his. That would be awful to held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it's finished. Amen. God has made a way for you where there was no way. Jesus did not die. He did not say it is finished till he knew all things had been accomplished that God had said from the very beginning in the garden. That's a long time. But all God's promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when I read that this week, I thought, I've never seen that. You know, when you read, I read through the Bible, I have for several years, not because I, I just get excited about it, because God told me to. And uh, some days are harder than other days. Some days I read ahead, because I know something's going to happen here in the next week, and I may not get to read. So I get ahead of the enemy, because he will steal that word from me if I don't get ahead of him. So all these years that I've done that, I've never really seen that little bit of scripture but see, when you read the word of God, he brings to light things that you need to affirm. Everybody say to affirm the truth of the word so that what you're going through, you can hold on. You can say, by faith, I am walking through this because Jesus has taken care of this for me. And I don't see it yet, but all God's promises are Yes and amen. Now, when we looked at Genesis, we talked about in Genesis 15, 7 and 8. Um, would you put that up for me? This is the old covenant. This is what God said to Abraham. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And then he said, the, uh, he said to the Lord, well, how do I know I'll inherit it? And that's the first covenant that we actually see where the, it's, it's a ceremony that's just like covenant being uh, made between God and Abraham. 
just God and Abraham. That's the beginning of it. In, in 17, in this one, he talks about the land. Everybody say the land. He says, you will inherit this land. He goes on and says in chapter 15 that your people will be persecuted for over 400 years by the people in Egypt. All of that came to pass, just like God said. The time span of that is 400 and some years of them being persecuted in Egypt. Well, that had to be after Joseph left, because up until Joseph left, they were taken care of in the land of Goshen. So all these things that are in the Bible, there's time spans between all of this. But everybody say, his promise is yes and amen. It, and it's the same today. And this is what it says in 17. When Abram was 99 years old, some of you in here have given up. I'm telling you, it's just beginning. Well, I am. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm heading on in. And I'm, I'm trying to make a difference in my health because I, I realize if I'm going to live a long time, i got to straighten this body up because i got a lot of years. And everything has to work. Hallelujah. I don't want anything not working on the other side here at 99. i got a long way to go. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. He goes on to say, I will make you. Everybody say, God makes us. Not your job, not your people that you're looking to that make you be important. God is the one who makes you who you are. God is the one who makes you a success. God is the one who has a plan for you. And, and we need to know that in our heart, especially young people need to know this because all of, all of uh, society, all of education is, you know, this, what are you going to do that will make you a lot of money? What are you going to do that will give you a lot of favor? I don't need the favor of man. I have the favor of God. So I don't need to ask what's going to give me favor with somebody else. I just need to ask God what is going to give me favor with man that will glorify you. Because that's what Jesus, it says he grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. If you have God's favor, he will make you have favor with other people. And that's what makes the yes and amen become a yes and amen in your life. And so as we look at this covenant, I just wanted to share that with you because for God's promises to be fulfilled, you have to believe that he is who he says he is. And that's what it says about Abraham. When God said all this to him, he, he counted it as righteousness, God did, that Abraham believed. Everybody say, I believe. That's why it says in the new covenant, once you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, because you believe, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When Abraham believed, God counted it him as righteousness. Are you getting this? Old and new always agree. Old and new always agree because everything is set by God and God doesn't change his mind, especially about you, Katie. He has purpose for you. You just remember that. Okay, I want to show you how this works. I love this story. I'm in Joshua right now. Listen, if you want to get excited, I'm reading Joshua and Acts at the same time. Listen, that'll put you over the top right there. Marilyn Hickey's the one that did this uh, Bible reading plan that I'm in. I thought, man, she knew what she was doing when she put this together. Because Joshua is the one who gets to walk out the promise of Abraham in Genesis 15. Now, there's a few books between that. 
It's called the Pentateuch. It's all written by Moses. But when we get to Joshua, we get to start into the promised land with the group, a new group, who had not hardened their heart, who had not gotten into unbelief, a group that got the whole story all over again. If you read Deuteronomy, it's like reading half of Leviticus again because God had to tell them all again. How many of you have to tell your kids again? God had to tell this next generation again what and how it was going to go. And in Joshua, they start the process. And I'm just going to give you a few things, but you can see how God does these things. Everybody say, the Ark of the Covenant. I got to hurry. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Covenant was where the presence of God lived. It was in the Holy of Holies. But if you remember, we talked about in the first time we talked about covenant, that we can come boldly now through the blood of Jesus into the throne room. Well, in the Old Covenant, that was an ark placed inside behind a curtain in the tabernacle where the priest was the only one who could go in once a year. You now are kings and priests. You belong to Jesus, so you can go in behind that curtain because the curtain's gone. The veil has been rent. Isn't this exciting? And you go right into the presence of God. That's why the song I picked today, and I didn't want to do it because I didn't have the guitars, and the Lord said to me, do you need a guitar or do you need me? I said, well, I'll go back to just believing that I need you, so let's, let's do it. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I have to learn a lot more music to play that, and it still won't sound like when next Sunday night you need to be here, bring a friend. Because the glory of God is going to come in this place because we are going to make him first place. First place. Amen. And so this song is the one song that I feel to start with that we did today. Won't stop now. I won't stop now. I may be in the middle, but I won't stop now. And it says the open door. Oh, your presence is an open door. Is an open door is an open door. What that means is I'm coming in to talk to you, Lord, about what you have promised. You may not have it yet, but once you talk to him about it, it you'll have it because he will make you know he will do it. Amen. Now I'm way off my message. Okay, here we go. Chapter five or chapter three, they're getting ready to go in. And this is what it says. In the morning, Joshua got up early. Then he and all the children of Israel set out for Shittim and came to Jordan. They stayed there before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp. They commanded the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. What is he saying? When you see the presence of God in the hand of the priest, the presence of God lives inside of every one of you. The Holy Spirit is in your hand because what he says, if you don't do it, it isn't going to happen in your life. And so he says, you watch for the ark of the Lord your God and the Levite priest carrying it. Then you shall set out from where you are and go behind it. There must be a distance of 2,000 cubits between you and it. Do not draw closer to it in order that you may know the way you should go. For you have not passed this way before. That's why every day you've got to know what God's saying to you because you haven't lived today yet, but God knows. 
Everybody say God knows. So you have to stay connected to the Holy Spirit in the new covenant. Here it's the old covenant. So that ark is the presence of God, and they do not go unless God goes. They do not move unless God moves. The Lord said to Joshua, um, Today I will begin to honor you in the sight of all Israel, so they may know that just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God is with you all the time. When you move with the Holy Spirit, just like this Ark of the Covenant. Now, in verses 9 through 13, Joshua said to the children, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you will know that the living God is among you, that he will thoroughly drive out. These are the people I'm about to name that God said in Genesis 15 that they would capture their land. These, this is now happening. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gerg, that sounds like throw up, Gergesites, Amorites, Jebusites from before. It does kind of sound like that, doesn't it? Um, see the Ark of the Covenant. Everybody say, see the Ark. See the ark. Everybody say, see the Ark. This is so important because this is Old Covenant and New Covenant. You now are the Ark. Because you carry the presence of God. Are you getting this? This is why Jesus came. This is what it's all about. This is really what it's all about. When all these things were accomplished, what is that? That God was no longer contained in heaven only. He was now contained in man. He would now be contained in man through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now select 12 men, oh, see the ark of the Lord all the earth, of all the earth is passing before you into the Jordan. Everything you come against, God will go through before you, and he will part the waters. He will part the waters. He parted in here. When the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, touch the water of the Jordan, the water of the Jordan that flows upstream will be cut off and pile up. This was time when the Jordan was flooded. I have seen the Jordan. It's just right now, just this little thing that goes down. But when it floods, they, they crossed it in that season, and the water stood still, just like the Red Sea. And so when he says this, he's beginning to, uh, to share, God is, through what Joshua's doing, his fulfillment of what he promised in Genesis 15. Amen? This is exciting. This is what God does through covenant. And he's going to do it for you. That's why I'm sharing this. Because the same covenant that Joshua had. See, the, you know, when you hear him say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and David, and the God of, and the God of, they're saying the covenant guy, the covenant guy, the covenant guy. That's what they're saying. These guys had a covenant. When David said to the giant, you uncircumcised Philistine. What was he saying? You have no covenant, I do. I have stones, you have a sword. I'm still going to win. Same for you. Same for you. I want to show you this. Circumcision. Everybody say circumcision. circumcision. This is very important for covenant. See, when God entered your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, your heart was circumcised. That's what it says in Romans. And so that is a sign of the covenant that you have with God. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua in, verse, in chapter 5, verse 2, make flint knives and circumcise the children of Israel a second time. 
So he made the knives. And it says all of the people who had come out were circumcised. All the people who came out of Egypt were. But all the people born in the wilderness along the way after leaving Egypt were not circumcised. That meant they did not have the covenant. And they're about to cross over. And so it says the children of Israel had traveled 40 years in the wilderness until all the people, men of fighting age, who came out of Egypt died because they did not obey the Lord. So when the entire people was completely circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they were healed, and then they crossed over. Why? Because you can't cross over into the promise without the covenant. Amen? They could not go in without that covenant. And they had to have the sign of that covenant. When you receive Jesus Christ, something happens to you on the inside. And you are different. How many of you know you're different? You, how many of you know you knew right and wrong before, but now you really know right and from wrong? Because there's this voice that says, don't do that. And it speaks with more authority than what your mom and dad said. That's the truth. You know, my mom and dad, we, we were taught to do right and not do wrong. But when I received Jesus, man, I used to say a bad word all the time. And the day I received Christ, I went back to work and went to fling my language out my mouth and nearly choked to death. It just like, like somebody smacked me. I didn't say that word anymore. Well, a few times I have. <laughs> But when I do, when I do let it slip out, I say, sorry, God. Sorry, why? I don't say, sorry, Mom. What's the big deal, you know? But I do say, sorry, God. Why? Because I know what he did for me, and I know that doesn't bring him glory. And, and he always forgives me. Could I just say that to all of you? He will always forgive you. Just say, I'm sorry. I repent. And you'll be, you'll, you'll be back on good ground. The enemy won't be able to attack you. Lord, I'm preaching everything I know to say. I'm sorry, people. But I get excited. When I teach covenant, I just go crazy because, you know, it, it just will fire you up. Here's chapter 6, 2 through 5. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho. Whatever God has promised you today, he has given it to you. It's king, mighty man of valor, they're coming into your hand. All the men of fighting age shall march around the city, circle the city once, do this for six days. Seven priests shall carry seven ram's horns, trumpets before the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When they blow a long blast on the ram's horn and when they hear the trumpet sound, all the people shall shout a loud battle cry and the walls of the city will fall down and the people will go up every man straight ahead. Amen? These kids didn't know the difference. The old covenant, or the covenant that God had with that first group that they kept saying, well, I don't know if it'll work. Listen, I was just hungry for leeks and onions. Could we go back to Egypt? I'm hungry. This group had to do what God said, and they captured a city by the walls falling down. What did they do? They marched. Everybody say, they marched. they marched. You know, I've had God get after me before. You know, just keep marching and keep your mouth shut. Because out of our mouth, we stop the plan of God sometimes. 
And I had the Lord say that to me not very long ago. He said, doubt and unbelief hold me back. So stop. They didn't say stopped him. He said it holds me back. What does it does? It keeps it from coming on through. These people marched and the whole city fell down. They had a covenant. They were circumcised. They knew who they were. And the devil knew who they were. And they came through there. And they took that entire city. Everybody except Rahab, the lady with the red string, hanging out her window that held the spies secret. That lady that was in there was a prostitute, but she had a red string. Whatever you've done today, let me tell you, just get the red string going for you, which is the blood of Jesus, and you will overcome. You will escape. And then in verse 23, this is, my, this is just so exciting because it fulfills what God promised. Everybody say, God promised. He promised them in, in chapter 23. This is Joshua, and he's, he's reaching the end of his life. He says, now I'm going the way. This is verse 14. Now I'm going the way of all the earth. You know in all your hearts and souls that not a single word has failed of all the good things that the Lord God has said concerning you. And all came true for you. Not a single word among them failed. What was he saying? You know that word he gave Abraham way, way back there? Not one single word of that has failed because I'm God. And I make a covenant. And my, all my promises are yes and amen. You know the key to all this? God finding somebody who would believe him. And go in that place that God had set for those people. He took a long time getting all those people ready, that first bunch. And finally had to say, you know, they're not going to. Do you know why he left them behind let them die in the wilderness? Not because he's mean. Because they would have been dead in a doornail first trip in. First battle. They would have been dead, dead, and dead. Because they did not believe. And God knew they didn't believe, so he couldn't take them in there. So he raised up a whole nother generation, started all over again. You know, I believe each one of us have divine appointments, divine calls, things that are on our lives. But I do believe that if we say no, God will eventually give that to somebody else because God is going to accomplish his will because all his promises are yes and amen. But I believe it's time for us to believe what the word of God says. All God's promises are yes and amen. His yes and my yes make an amen. That brings the amen. And I want to read to you, we're going to close, but in 2 Peter, and I got a video I want to show you real quick. But uh, in 2 Peter, uh, this is, it talks about precious promises. You know, I don't know what promises God has made to you, but um, whatever it is, it will come to pass. It says in Second Timothy or Second Peter one three, his divine power, everybody say his power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus, who has called us by his own glory and excellence, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that through these things through these promises, we might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Everybody say, I have every promise God has ever given me. 
I want to show you this video. I happened to be watching Joel Osteen one morning. I don't get to do that every morning, but I was listening, and he was talking about um, people and all the no's. How many of you had a lot of no's? <laughs> you know, I think when the baby is just real little and they start to move around, the first word they learn is no. How many of you raise children and, uh, you know, the first thing they say back to you is no? No, no, no. That's because they've heard you say, no, no, no. And so uh, there are no's in the kingdom of God. But over my lifetime now, I can see where God's no's were really yes. They were no to the thing that I was thinking God wanted to do, but they were yes to the plan of God. And so those no's were really yes to the big picture. And so let's watch this, this video. Hi, yes. I'll turn the no's around. Those situations that seem permanent, the addiction you've dealt with for years, health issue that won't go away, or maybe a struggle in your finances, seems like you're stuck. Thoughts tell you, just accept the no's, just get used to it. Don't believe those lies. God is about to open up your womb. What you've been dreaming about, that child to get back on course, that business to take off, that person to spend your life with, you need to get ready. Your time is coming. Your yes is headed your way. A young lady I know was working as a news reporter. She was in her early 20s. She had a problem with her skin. She had real bad rosacea. When she was out filming a report, if she sweated or accidentally touched her face, rubbed her makeup off, that red would shine through so brightly. It looked really bad. She couldn't find any makeup that would cover it up and last. She ended up quitting her job as a news reporter. She started working on a new makeup line that would fix her problem. She developed a product that she really liked. She believed it would be successful. She and her husband went to bank after bank trying to get funding, but they were turned down again and again. Her husband started a website so you could order the product. It was up for weeks and weeks with no activity, no orders. Finally, an order came through she went running to her husband and said, look, we got our first order. He said, no, that was me. I was just testing the website. <laughs> she knew God had put this dream in her heart, but all she kept getting were no's. Her goal was to somehow get on a home shopping channel like QVC. For years, she sent them product. She met with representative, trying to make it happen, but it didn't work out. They were down to their last $1,000. Didn't know what she was going to do. She went to a large cosmetic convention. All of the major companies were there. She had a three-foot booth where she was showing people her product. Across the way, QVC had a huge booth. This older lady came over and said, Honey, I love your product. I'm going to tell my buyers at QVC we need to have you on our channel. That lady was an on-air personality that had been there for over 17 years. She used her influence to open the door. This young lady went on QVC. Her product was a huge hit. Today, our friend Jamie Kern, the founder of It Cosmetics, goes on QVC 200 times a year. Her company has become one of the largest cosmetic companies in the world. But like Hannah, for years, it was as if the womb was shut up. No good breaks, no favor, very little progress. Then one day she came into her yes. That one good break 
thrust her further than she ever imagined. Years later, she was talking to the lady that put in a good word for her that day. She asked her why she did it. The lady said, well, I like your product, but it wasn't about the cosmetics. When I saw you that day, I felt like God said to me, go help that young lady. God has the right people lined up for you. Sorry, I came over here. <laughs> when you don't have all your band, you just have to do what you have to do. So here I am, amen. I'll tell you this, I've learned this by being a worship leader. When God says do this, you better do it because you're going to lose the anointing of God. And we have nothing to offer each other except what God does. Amen. I believe God wants to make some of you uh, aware today by the Spirit of God that what He has promised, He's going to do. And we're going to we're going to pray, but we're going to end with the song today that we started in the in the worship. I won't stop now. This your yes has to agree with God's yes. But I want to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that every one of us, every one of us standing here today has promises. Some of you have promises that uh, have come to pass. Some of you have promises that have not come to pass. And, and you've grown discouraged in that situation. God is for you today. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You have a covenant with Almighty God. And what he said he will do, he will do. In the midst of the darkest places, there is a light. There is a light and it's within you. It's the glory of Almighty God that he has put on the inside of you. You lack no good thing, the Bible says, if you belong to Jesus. Before we pray, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, let today be the day that you make that decision. Get in this covenant. Get into this covenant that God has prepared for you, that no man can take away from you, that no man can steal from you, that no one, no one, no person can stop what God has planned for you as you step into that covenant. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? I want to, I want to pray for you. We're going to pray for you today. And the Bible says that when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he comes into your life and that covenant is established forever in your heart. Is there anybody? Let's all make this confession. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he came to this earth to demonstrate the goodness of God. He came to this earth to bring the goodness of God to anyone who would receive I receive I give thanks that I am saved that my eternity has been settled heaven is my eternal home in Jesus name now I want to pray for you Dad. I want you to lift your hand if you're in the middle right now you know what the middle is if you're in the middle I want you to lift your hand somebody's going to pray for you lift your hand look around everybody you're in the middle right now and you need to see somebody go and lay your hands on that person that you see has their hand up they're in the middle right now and it's really difficult in that place in the middle where you cannot see but you know father in jesus name we put our faith with their faith today we agree for miracles with this signs that what this song says the breakthrough is coming 
Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. They're going to break through that situation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. Have your way in this place. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit. The Bible says, Paul said, I pray with my understanding and I pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray. He said, I sing in the Spirit. I sing with my understanding. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We consider the victory in this place. In Jesus' name.